for go-getters and just going to betters. It's the pre-W Smith Show with Jeff Sloan on 760 WJR. All right, welcome back to the pre-W Smith Show. Now turning our attention to a concerning story published in Scientific American by senior health and medicine editor there at Scientific American, Tanya Lewis. She brings to our attention and covers the story relating to the decline in life expectancy here in the U.S., how it's trending, how it trended during the pandemic, but how it's trending now in the post-pandemic era as compared to other countries. The news isn't good. Tanya, please tell us about this. Yeah, you know, we think of the U.S. as a place of excellence, and we think of our medical system as one of the best in the world. But as we saw during the pandemic, the U.S. did not perform very well compared to our competitor or peer countries, other high-income and middle-income countries. Of course, we all experienced declines during the initial part of the pandemic as we encountered COVID-19. But what really set the U.S. apart is that we continued to see those declines well into the second and even third years of the pandemic. Tanya, when you use the reference declines, you're talking about declines in the average life expectancy. Yeah, exactly. So that's basically a measure of how long you would expect somebody born today to live. The way life expectancy is calculated is actually researchers take an imaginary group of hypothetical infants and you look at the real-life death rates observed for people of different ages across their lifespan, and then you take that average to calculate a life expectancy. You know, we are known to be excellent at the things that we do, and in particular in science and innovation, certainly medicine, healthcare, people look to us as a place where those things are supposed to be really strong. However, during the pandemic, and again, there are several factors contributing to this decline, but during the pandemic, tell us specifically what happened that has now led to a decline in life expectancy here in the U.S., unusually so compared to other countries. Right. So it was a number of factors, I think. And one of them, of course, you know, we know that we have these highly effective vaccines and those have saved many, many lives, including in the U.S. But, you know, unfortunately, vaccine uptake hasn't been the same everywhere And this has really impacted people, especially at younger ages, because I think the oldest age groups actually did see an improvement in the last year or two in terms of life expectancy. But with some of the younger groups, you know, vaccine coverage was lower. And so you saw people dying earlier than they should have died, according to, you know, what we would have expected. Right, right. And then in addition to that, that, you know, one unique factor in the U.S. is that we have this opioid epidemic, right? So... People are dying from drug overdose deaths at extremely high rates, close to 100,000 a year now, of which many of those are opioid-related overdoses. And the way those premature deaths, those early deaths, factor into the calculation for average life expectancy is that when people, when a person dies at, say, 34, it brings the average down. Now, albeit, you know, these things are incremental, obviously, but when you start adding up 100,000 people from opioid deaths and you start adding up all the people that died from COVID early and so on, this is what brings it down. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's the cumulative effect of these different things happening to the population. Um, And we, we don't see that so much in other wealthy countries. And so what are some of the key takeaways from this? You know, what can we learn from this? What should we know on the heels of uh, understanding where we fit in the world in terms of, you know, I mean, this is kind of a wake-up call, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that's really the biggest takeaway is that, you know, we can't just sit back on our heels and assume that 
you know, we're doing all we can for in terms of people's medical care in this country. You know, some of that is systemic in terms of the way our health system is set up. You know, we don't provide sort of free health care for everyone. But, you know, part of it is systemic inequalities. But, you know, there's sort of racial inequality and gender, even, uh, you know, socioeconomic inequality. And then as we saw, you know, the highest death rates, at least initially in this country, were among people of color, especially Native American, indigenous peoples, and also, you know, black and Latino Americans. Yeah. So that's something that I think we really need to sort of even the playing field here and make sure that people have access to preventative care, vaccines, and good health care throughout their lives because we don't want to have a repeat of what happened. Absolutely. Well put, and I'm glad you made the point about the differences of the haves and for whatever the reasons are, the have-nots, lots of reasons contributing to that, but ultimately affecting life expectancy here in our country across the entire spectrum because it gets averaged in, of course. But I think one of the more startling things, and you started to touch on this, and I want to make sure we really, really drive this issue home with this data point. You, you make the point in the article that it's one thing that it dropped during COVID, okay, we understand that. We understand why it's one thing due to the opioid crisis, which we're addressing in various different ways. But while other countries now are coming out of the decline and their expectancies are now starting to go up, ours continues to decline. So the story's even worse. Yeah, I think that's what's really striking here is that, you know, like I said, all countries experienced a hit initially, you know, with this unknown exactly. virus. Right. But other countries were able to sort of implement policies to turn that around, especially getting most of their populations vaccinated and then, you know, providing sort of widespread health care, public health care to their populations. And that's something that we just haven't really done very well in the U.S., I think. Well, we thank you for the wake-up call very much. We thank you for publishing the story and bringing it to our attention here on our show. Thanks for being on with us. Tanya Lewis, Senior Health and Medicine Editor, Scientific American. Tanya, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. All right, great to have you on. Running out to a quick break, back with more in a minute right here on the Pre-W Smith Show. <laughs> 